I'm sat watching my wrestling and snowboarding comes on. And they just don't go back to the show. So I've missed, I've sat and watched this entire show. I've missed the Velveteen Dream versus Roderick Strong main event. The big blood feud about the guy's kid, the guy's wife. And I'm sat watching snowboarding. We're about to make history, each and every one of you. We use the word revolution because this is a revolution. I am NXT and I'm not going anywhere. Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. This is an official declaration of war tonight to anyone who wants to get in my way and anybody who stands in AEW's way. what you call a paradigm shift. Hello and welcome to week 20 of the WWE versus AEW podcast. 20 weeks, where has that gone? Five months, that is five months these Wednesday Night Wars have been going on. And well, what? This show from one of these two, AEW, NXT, one of these two had what for me was the best show of the entire Wednesday Night War. So of the 40 shows during this period, 20 from AEW, 20 from NXT, oh, that AEW show, that AEW Dynamite show was absolutely fantastic from Wednesday night. I mean, if you've listened to the previous 19 episodes of the show, you will have heard me criticise AEW from time to time. Probably a little bit more than NXT because I've maybe expected a bit more from AEW. But, Wednesday night, they just got it absolutely spot on. It was just, for my reckoning, that AEW show was, um, it was possibly one of, if not the best television shows, wrestling-wise anyway, that I've seen. It was just, it was, I can't think of a better wrestling show. Like, obviously, there's been shows where bigger things have happened, like, you're thinking of the CM Punk pipe bomb, you're thinking of the... Daniel Bryan moment where um, they basically invaded the ring. Um, obviously, there's been moments in the early 2000s and stuff. But for an overall show, we had three, three great, good, very good to great matches on this show. It was just the crowd were great. The show, no joke, sometimes when I'm watching Dynamite, it's on a Thursday. I've been at work all day and I'm thinking, I've still got NXT to watch most weeks. And I'm thinking... Flipping heck, this show, it's been going on for ages, but not last night, well, the night before technically, but seriously, that show just flew, it flew, before I knew it, it was over, when Cody Wardlow match was starting, I was like, wow, how are we already at the main event of this show, but we will go into AEW and NXT as well, in a little bit more in depth, but it is time to talk about the ratings, as ever, we always start the show with the ratings news and the week 20 ratings is basically just how it's been going in the entire of 2020 so far no surprise here aw win that is the eighth week in a row aw have won the eighth week in 2020 that aw have won the gap 
was 99,000 win for AW, so that's bigger than last week. AW had 893,000 viewers to NXT's 794,000 viewers. Remember, make sure you follow us on Twitter at WWE versus AEW. Every Thursday, we are pretty much one of the first people on Twitter to post the ratings. So yeah, big win for AEW. I mean, this week was one I was thinking, I remember discussing um, on the previous show, what would the rating be? NXT came off that incredible takeover show on Sunday night. I myself, I was possibly even more interested in NXT going into this week of the two shows, although Dynamite did have a great card going into it. But for me, I just thought that NXT show, I thought they might, they might, do you know what I mean? Push AW this week. But that was just not the case. It seems like people were invested in this Cody Rhodes, Wardlow, MJF saga. They were interested in this whole Hangman Page, Kenny Omega story. And they were interested in seeing who won the Battle Royal. It was just it was just a great show, which you're going to hear about a lot this week. So if you're not a fan of AW, maybe you want to turn off because there's going to be a lot of AW praise going around this week so obviously this is we are next saturday is aw revolution so that is something else to look forward to a date for the dives a little bit of news that we've got here for you regarding aw so double or nothing tickets practically sold out not quite sold out big difference from last year where they did sell out on the day i think they sold out in what 30 minutes or something so it is a big difference but aw have also announced that following the um, Double or Nothing show, they will be recording a Dynamite show from Las Vegas. So if you go in there for the weekend, uh, for like like I usually do when I go to the States, you make a week out of it, you could go to Revolution on the Saturday, Dynamite the following Wednesday. For me, it probably would have made more sense to do Dynamite um, in Vegas the week before, because it is a bit of a come down when you're like, you're watching the big pay-per-view, and then the following night, well, the following few nights later, you're watching the TV show again, but I don't know, when the Raw after WrestleManias back in the day when they were great, they were always great, they were usually better than the WrestleMania shows to be honest, but they seem to have stopped it with those crazy Raw after Mania shows, now it seems to be just a bit more of a run of the mill show, so if you're heading to Vegas um, for AW, if you like thinking of travelling or whatever a long way, at least you get two shows, but you don't get a Starcast. That is the other bit of news. There will be no Starcast this year at Double or Nothing. Obviously, Starcast. I think they ran it um, at Full Gear in Baltimore. They ran it at All Out in Chicago. Um, I think t- numerous years they've run that. Two years. I know they definitely did this year because the big guest was CM Punk, um, and they did it in Vegas last year as well. So no Starcast this year at Double or Nothing. But we will get to see a dynamite from the MGM Grand four nights after Revolution. So you can expect a lot of hungover fans, hungover wrestling fans at that show. So let's get into it. Let's get into Dynamite. It was from Atlanta, Georgia, um, the hometown of Cody Rhodes. And we open up the show with the Battle Royal. The Battle Royal to decide who will face Hangman Page and Kenny Omega for the AEW Tag Team Titles next Saturday at Revolution. Now, this was, for me, I loved this Battle Royal. I feel like it's getting a little bit underrated. As far as Battle Royals go, this was absolutely fantastic. Um, there was just... There was 
In the WWE Battle Royal, I hate to compare it, but I suppose it is the theme of the show. In the WWE Battle Royal, what you get is just guys hitting each other in it and then eliminations. There's not actual story. I don't feel like they've properly rammed through the spots beforehand. It's just like, right, you're getting eliminated in this order. You just throw punches and stomps in the meantime. Whereas this, a proper story was told and there was just great stuff we had. The Dark Order eliminating SCU. Then the Dark Order get on the microphone and basically say, do you know what I mean, where's Christopher Daniels tonight? So it's building up stuff with them. They tried to get Shima to join. Um, we had Nick Jackson getting eliminated early, which when that first happened, when Nick Jackson first got eliminated, I'm sat there, I'm like, what? The Young Bucks have gone. But then we realised that it's not like normal rules for a battle royale where if one member of the team's gone, the team's eliminated. It is both members of the team have to be eliminated, which caused a little bit of drama to this match. We had the inner circle. They helped to get rid of Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. So maybe we will be seeing a proud and powerful against um, Jurassic Express feud going forward. Um, we, the, as we get through towards the end of the match, I think it was Matt Jackson, Trent Seven, um, the Butcher and the Blade, one of them two was still in there, and both of Proud and Powerful were still in there. We had a great spot where Matt Jackson and Trent end up hugging, and the crowd are going absolutely berserk for that. Um, the Bunny boots Orange Cassidy in the balls, and that results in Trent getting eliminated. Matt Jackson dives through the middle rope, eliminates the Butcher, and we th I thought to myself, thought, what? Is Matt Jackson eliminating himself? But... The commentators remind us he went through the middle rope. And the final three is Matt Jackson against both of Proud and Powerful. And Matt Jackson is running absolutely wild. Normally, you'd think you might have Nick Jackson in this role because he's normally more the underdog guy out of the two. But they went with Matt for this and he was excellent in this. It, I mean, it looked like he was going to eliminate Proud and Powerful. So Sammy Guevara jumps in and we get this moment. Take you back, Gold Rush Tournament. Just after WrestleMania 21, it's Shawn Michaels versus Shelton Benjamin. Shelton Benjamin soars into that super kick from Shawn Michaels. This was better than that. The greatest super kick I have ever seen. As Matt Jackson somehow doesn't take Sammy Guevara's head off. You need to go and see this super kick. It was just looked absolutely brilliant. I was on the edge of my seat like, oh... That has got to hurt. Then Ortiz goes, um, and Matt Jackson eliminates Santana. I think Santana was the last to go. So Matt Jackson wins the Battle Royal, and the Young Bucks go on to Revolution to face Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. The Battle Royal itself was, for me, I've gone four stars on it. It was one of the best Battle Royals I have certainly ever seen. Um, so, yeah, it was just... A great battle royal, and we are going towards the Young Bucks versus Page and Omega at Revolution, which will be a great match. Um, after this, we had Chris Statlander defeating Shanna. Um, all we can say on this match is at least it was quick. We then get the new AEW Women's Champion Nyla Rose out. She's talking about bees or something. That brings Chris Statlander back out. We get Big Squall out, and then they're just having a little bit of a crappy pull apart, to be honest. Um, it's crazy isn't it? how much better the NXT women's division is than the AEW women's division. Maybe they're going the direction of perhaps a triple threat match for Revolution between the three. Maybe they'll have Chris Statlander versus Big Squall next week. Winner faces Nyla Rawls. I'd probably go with a triple threat match really. Um, I think you could probably get a better match with the three of them than you could a one-on-one -on -one match between any two of these combinations. 
Um, which is quite surprising because if you listen to the podcast regularly, you will know that I'm not the biggest fan of triple threat matches. But if the workers aren't quite up to the level to get a great singles match, the triple threat match is the way to go. Next, a match that a few weeks ago, if you'd said it had been taking place on Dynamite, I'd have been like, oh, okay. John Moxley versus Jeff Cobb. Jeff Cobb is not permanently signed to AEW, but he was here hired as a hitman from Chris Jericho to take out John Moxley. Um, Jericho and Sammy Guevara and Jack Hager sat at ringside. Chris Jericho comes out to the theme. One of my favourite moments of the show. The crowd is singing along to Jericho's theme. We have Taz. God bless him. He was just wittering on, speaking over the crowd, serenading Chris Jericho with Judas. Heartbreaking stuff. Um, the, ma- the match itself, it was a good match. Jeff Cobb dominated the match. He looked really good in the match. Um, it was too short, really. They weren't going out there to have this classic match, but it was good while it lasted. I would like to see these two go at it again. I think they faced in the G1, actually. This was probably better than that match. Did they face in the G1? I feel like I've seen the match before, anyway. But, yeah. Um, Jeff Cobb hits a top rope suplex, but Moxley rolls through, hooks the leg, one, two, three, and gets the win over Jeff Cobb. The inner circle in there, beatdown commences on John Moxley. Um, Dustin Rhodes come out, tries to make the save, attacks Jack Hager. Dustin Rhodes versus Jack Hager, obviously another match taking place at Rose Revolution. The lights go out. The lights go out. And whenever, as a wrestling fan, we're trained, well, at least I am, when the lights go out, we're going to get a big debut. And if it's just somebody who's already on the roster, you might get a disappointing reaction. None of that. Darby Allen comes back after two weeks out, after Sammy Guevara took him out. The pop this guy got was insane. This guy, Darby Allen, he is going to be one of the top stars in the company if he isn't already. Just brilliant. He comes down to the ring in a skateboard. He's attacking everyone with his skateboard. Um, eventually, that goes on the outside. We're left with Jericho Moxley, who brawl. And they brawl for a minute, and then Jericho bails like the cowardly heel that he is. Builds up Guevara versus Darby Allen for Revolution. Builds up Moxley versus Jericho for Revolution. And builds up Hager versus Dustin Rhodes for Revolution. Excellent segment. Excellent segment. I'm not really sure about how they've introduced Jeff Cobb. I think I, I spoke on the show last week where I would have preferred maybe more of a shock entrance for Jeff Cobb. Um, which, I mean, they've, what, they've brought him in as like a hired assassin. He's lost. but He, he looked good in losing, but... Maybe I would have introduced him a little bit different, but I don't really want to criticise too much because I, I did love the segment. Um, then during the adverts, we get Dar- Darby Allen has got all the cards like Sammy Guevara has traditionally done, um, just saying that he's going to hit Sammy up, and it was just, just great stuff, yeah, during the commercial. But yeah, next, 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 we get Hangman Page versus Kenny Omega, Hangman Page and Kenny Omega, sorry, versus Pentagon and Phoenix, the Lucha Brothers, for the tag team titles. What can we say about this match? Best match so far on the Wednesday night was, hands down, I went four and a half stars, it was just incredible. It was... I don't know if they could have had a better match than they did. One of the best ever matches on wrestling TV. It was just incredible. Ray Phoenix, he's running the ropes, doing I love it when he does that spot where he runs the top rope, boots the opponent. He does a springboard hurricane runner over the top rope on Kenny Omega. Just crazy stuff. 
Ray Phoenix is running absolutely berserk. Kenny Omega looked great in this match. Everyone looked great in this match. Um, we had Pentagon hitting his finish after Hangman accidentally nails Omega with, a, I think, with a buckshot lariat. But he, Kenny Omega kicks out. At that moment, the crowd sensed it was over and that the Lucha Brothers go in. I thought, even though before the match, I thought, no chance the Lucha Brothers win. They convinced me that the Lucha Brothers were going to win this match. Um, and then there's more false finishes. It was just... They just went absolutely berserk for 15, 16 minutes. Um, at the end, Page and Omega win with a buckshot lariat knee combo. Just an amazing match. You have you can't really do it justice. There was that much going on in the match. But the crowd are going insane. There's moves flying everywhere. Just Jim Cornette probably hated it. But for me, one of the matches of the year. Probably be in my top 10 for matches so far in 2020. So yeah, go and watch this match. As I say, the best match so far in the Wednesday night wars um, after the match um, we have Hangman Page, I mean we have the Young Bucks out, Hangman Page is there Omega sort of pulls away from the Bucks while Hangman Page is going out and having his beer and yeah, that's how the segment ends setting up the Young Bucks versus Hangman Page and um, Kenny Omega at the next pay-per-view Um so yeah, we then go, we have an action figures video, I'm not an action figure guy, but AEW are getting their own action figures apparently, so that's great. Um, what else did we have? We have the main event, we have a video package for this main event with Cody Rhodes building up the Wardlow match, we have the first ever steal. You can just see how well this, this show's flowed, we've had five matches and it's just flowed. Normally I complain about lack of promos, but... It was just that great that I'm not even going to complain about lack of promos. We got the video package for the main event, Cody Rhodes versus Wardlow. Um, it was a really good match, really good cage match. Um, it did feel big. I don't know, they got the cage match gimmick feeling big. Um, the cage was absolutely huge. We had Cody Rhodes bleeding. Wardlow, Wardlow, the, make no mistake, he's not just a big lump. He is a big athletic guy doing some great moves in this match. He is going to be a big force going forward for AEW. He's not just a guy in the suit that's going to stand there. So that was great. Um, we have MJF in the match. He, Brandy nails him with a steel chair twice. He threatens to punch Brandy on Anderson interferes. And the match finishes with a Cody Rhodes moonsault from the top of the cage. Wow. He was so high up. Seriously, that guy must have hurt himself. So high up. Gets the moonsault, 1-2-3, Cody Rhodes wins and goes on to Revolution to face MJF. And although they dragged it out from full gear, the heat is back on this feud. It's back. Everyone's excited for Cody versus MJF at Revolution. I and mean, that's it. That was the show. Great show. We had three really good to great matches um, just brilliant, brilliant. Maybe even four really good to great matches. I love the Battle Royal. I love the tag team title match. I enjoyed the cage match. I enjoyed Moxley versus Cobb. Just a brilliant show. The best Dynamite so far, without a doubt. Um, apparently, Cody Rhodes did a promo after the show went off air, which you'll be able to find on Twitter. I'll give that a retweet so you can check that one out. Um, but meant to be a really good promo. So, yeah, that was Dynamite. So, I'm not going to... Do you know what I mean? I'm not going to deny it. Let's not beat around the bush. The winner of the week, in terms of show quality, was AEW. The winner of the week, in terms of ratings, was AEW. The winner of the week, in terms of match of the week, was AEW, with the incredible Hangman Page, Kenny Omega, versus Lucha 
Brothers match. So yeah, now we've been positive for the first 20 minutes, but now we are going to talk NXT. Now, if you listen to last week's show, it'll be no, well, last week's, yesterday's show, because that was so late, but if you listen to the show, you will know I absolutely adored TakeOver Portland, one of my favourite WWE shows ever, so I'm going into this positive. Normally, I watch, I get back from work on Thursday, and my plan is I'll watch AW, and then I'll watch NXT. Um, But what I did, I thought, do you know what I mean, I can't really bother watching four hours of wrestling back-to-back, so what I did, got up early before work, Set my alarm Thursday morning for about quarter to six, and I watched NXT. Sat there in bed, nice brew, some mandarins in jelly, a few yogurts. <laughs> Got myself in the mood. Sat there watching it, and wondering what is he going on about this guy. And sat and watched NXT. Right, so I was excited. I thought, right, I'm going to take over in Tampa. Here we are, the road to TakeOver Tampa. Hit me up with some of these matches that are coming forward at TakeOver Tampa. I'm probably going to get a better idea some of the matches that we're going to get. They started off with a great video package with Poppy, who Triple H seems to love, um, recapping NXT TakeOver Portland. I was like, right, let's go. Undisputed Era come out. I would have started the show possibly maybe with Champer or Gargano, seeing that was how the show ended. Um, The Undisputed Era come out, right? And they're going on about how Obsession can't beat Destiny. Undisputed of the measuring stick of the brand, and tonight Roderick Strong's going to put an end to the charade of Velveteen Dream. Dream's on the screen, and he says, Be a man, Roderick, do it on your own. And that was it. The segment ended. Two minutes, two minutes this segment was, and it just ended. I was like, um, Okay. Well, that was your intro to the show. You big, do you know what I mean? You big, like, fallout from the big show on Sunday, and it was just. A two-minute promo with Velveteen Dream telling Roderick Strong to be a man. Really? So we're just going to do that and then move on to Leo Rush versus Jordan Devlin, are we? Yeah, it was It was almost like TakeOver Portland never happened. And we were just back to run-of-the-mill standard NXT weekly TV. And when you're going against AEW with how AEW have been performing these last few weeks, it ain't going to cut the mustard so, after that, we get Leo Rush versus Jordan Devlin. Now, Jordan Devlin is amazing. Leo Rush is amazing. This match was good, but it just felt like it wasn't what the crowd wanted to see. It was a very high-flying match, but I'm absolutely certain these two would have a better 18-minute match anywhere else in the world but in a WWE ring. Um, Devlin gets the win with a side suplex. And that was that. And then we move on to Raquel Gonzalez, who's asked about why she helped Dakota Kai. And in the most... I don't want to bury her because it's like a first time she's been on TV. But in the most boring promo, she just goes on about how they've got each other's back. And she sat in the performance centre. In a much more robotic voice than I'm using now, by the way. You know, the one who's been in the performance centre for five years. While I've been sat cleaning windows for the last five years. But I've got a bit more personality than she has in her first promo. But hey, I'm not judging people. Judging people on it. Anyway, so they just basically do a run-of-the-mill, typical heel WWE promo with no personality whatsoever. And we get told that in two weeks, we're getting Dakota Kai versus Tegan Knox in a cage match. So, next, Austin Theory of Evolve walks out. He's all ready for his match. And then just out of the blue, no music, walks out Champa. Tommaso Champa. And he's like, tonight's not the night, Austin Theory. 
And Austin Theory just stood there and Champa begins to like talk about he knows why Johnny Gargano did what he did. But the problem was the emphasis wasn't on Tommaso Champa. I'm sat there thinking, what's Austin Theory gonna do? Couldn't properly concentrate on what Tommaso Champa was saying because of the Austin Theory presence. And it's like Really? That's your fallout to this. Where's Gargano? Do you know what I mean? Why do we have to wait till next week to hear from Gargano? I'm here to see the fallout from TakeOver Portland. And in the end, Austin Theory just attacks Champa mid-promo. Champa beats him up. And that was that. Seriously, it's almost like whoever normally books NXT, Triple H or Michaels, whoever, wasn't there this week. And some other guy just, they just said, hey, I'm not here this week. Just book the most standard, run-of-the-mill, nothing happening show ever. What a way to kill the momentum they had from Portland. So that was it. Champa beats down Austin Theory. They're going to face next week. Does anybody care? No. Next, the grizzled young veterans who I'm a fan of against Jacqueline Wilde, former um, DJZ, and Raul Mendoza. They just young grizzled young veterans winning a nothing happening match, cut a nothing happening promo after say they're here to take over NXT. And that was that. Next, the Bros awaits after their legendary match on Sunday. Their big title win. They come out, cut a promo. They say that the Dusty Cup has parted too hard and has thus failed the wellness policy. The golf cart got impounded. Then they just go on to have a match. A pretty average match, considering it's got Matt Riddle in it. And they just beat Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch like that. No, is this show not tickling your fancy? Because it definitely wasn't tickling my fancy. I enjoyed the mandarins more than I did this show. Next. We're like an over an hour into this show and nothing has happened. Next, we get Keith Lee out. Kona Reeves comes out to interrupt Keith Lee and I'm thinking, fuck off. Makes him look like a total bum, beats him. Then Dijakovic is out making excuses. Lee says, even if he won, here's the same thing. Do you know what I mean? Excuse after excuse, the crowd are chanting, fight forever. So Lee says they will fight forever. And that's one thing I will say. I do want to see Keith Lee from a selfish point of view. Because the storyline doesn't really call for it. But I do want to see Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic at TakeOver Tampa. Maybe we'll get it on TV in the meantime. But I would do that match at TakeOver Tampa from a selfish point of view. Because I want to see it live. Um, it ends with Keith Lee saying... he. Uh, telling Dijakovic to speak to William Regal and they will see if they can indeed fight forever. Caden Carter versus Chelsea Green. So they're having the match. In the middle of the match, Bianca Belair walks out to challenge Charlotte Flair. And she goes, oh, just stop in the match a sec. Don't mind me. Cuts a 30-second promo, tells the match to carry on. Do you know what I mean? Why do I care about Caden Carter versus Chelsea Green? The answer is I don't. I don't. Silly match. It was just a boring match on a boring show. Main event time. Roderick Strong versus Velveteen Dream. The babyface, Velveteen Dream, who is threatening to take the heel's wife and become the stepfather to the heel's child. Yeah, I'm being serious. Velveteen Dream is attacking a man's family. He's taking a man's wife. I'm not being funny. He's got... I'm not, Right, he's a babyface, yeah. Women and support, Velveteen Dream. And boo, Roderick Strong. The guy has got a picture... A picture on his tights of Roderick Strong's, what, three, four-year-old child. Instantly, that makes him a dick. 
So instantly, he is not the revered babyface in this story. And it's just, I can't believe a company that Triple H is, a brand, sorry, a brand that Triple H is running is making the mistake of this. You're going to be, seriously, it's a good job Velveteen's over because anyone who isn't over is getting shit on in this storyline. But it still didn't work. Velveteen Dream, I'm sorry, there's going to annoy a lot of these fans, these fans I see on Twitter, like, oh, Velveteen Dream's the best thing since sliced bread. He's not. He's very green in the ring. He doesn't do much for me in the ring. If he's in there with someone great, he can be taken to a good match on a, on a, on his night. But he's green. The gimmick, I can take a leave. There's nothing wrong with it. I, I do like the creativeness of the tights and stuff at every takeover. Like, sign me up, Vince. But I don't want to see a heeled child on his tights. It's just ridiculous. The match itself was boring. and We're having a boring Roderick Strong match. That's how mediocre Velveteen Dream is in the ring. I know people are going to be listening to this and going to be like, oh, he's saying nasty things about Velveteen Dream. Oh, what does he know? I'm just speaking the facts, my friends. Speaking the facts. And then, as you may have remembered me speaking about a month ago on the show, BT Sport have taken over um, the UK coverage of WWE. BT Sports, yeah? You always see the WWE BT Sport Twitter page tweeting stuff out, yeah? They, for the second time in six weeks, cut the match during the main event. So I'm sat there, mandarins have gone, yogurts have gone, sat there, ready for me end of my main event so I can get on with my day. Snowboarding comes on. They cut it. Snowboarding. Who gives a flying fuck about snowboarding? Sorry for swearing, but what? I'm sat watching my wrestling and snowboarding comes on. And they just don't go back to the show. So I've missed, I've sat and watched this entire show. I've missed the Velveteen Dream versus Roderick Strong main event. The big blood feud about the guy's kid, the guy's wife. And I'm sat watching snowboarding. Not on, not on. One time I can forgive it, but the second time this has happened. Not good enough, BT. We pay extra for BT, yeah? BT is like, I'm trying to think of the American. It's America, you've got cable, yeah? That you pay for, I'm assuming, Right? Over here, we have Sky and Virgin, right? And when you get that, you then have to pay an extra to get BT Sports. So not only do I pay for Virgin, I also pay for BT. So when they're not even giving me the main event of the matches, and if you go on the BT Sports Twitter, they don't even mention an apology or anything for missing at the end of this match. So, I can't, unfortunately, I can't tell you what happened at the end of this match. So you'll just have to use your imagination. But the match wasn't very good, and... Um, and the show ends. So what what actually happened on NXT? Champa beat down Austin Theory. We had no Champa Gargano answers of what happened. Apparently we're going with Keith Lee Dijakovic. We have a mediocre bruiserweights match. Undisputed era cut a two-minute promo. This was the most missable show of NXT since the start of these Wednesday night wars. Sub and they just killed the momentum that they had coming out of TakeOver Portland. I mean, I know they're not used to doing shows after TakeOvers. If you remember back in the day, before this whole Wednesday Night War thing, um, they'd take matches from TakeOver and just shove them on um, the NXT after the pay-per-view. And then maybe have, like, do you know what I mean, a few, like, backstage interviews. So maybe Triple H and his crew aren't used to doing, like, post, you know, like, the follow-on after... The pay-per-view. So they need to get used to it because this was just poor, poor NXT. And yeah, I thought it was a bad show, I'm going to be honest. 
It was a bad show that didn't help my mood on it by those idiots at BT. So, yeah. We got an amazing AEW and a poor NXT. So, yeah, that is basically the summary of the two shows. If you're a WWE fan who's fuming at me for burying NXT, do you know what I mean? I have defended NXT for weeks. I have said NXT has been a really good show for weeks. So it's not like we're biased or anything against WWE. Um, I've, as I said, I've criticised AEW a lot more than I have NXT. If you rewind these previous 20 episodes, which I encourage you to do so. But this NXT wasn't good enough and I'm expecting much better next week. Um, hopefully we get Johnny Gargano answering on the show. We didn't even have Gargano or Balor on the show. The two hot points pretty much coming out of TakeOver. Do you know what I mean? We're hearing from Finn Balor next week, but I want to see... Ugh. Anyway, hopefully next week's show is better. I think AEW are going to really struggle to have a better show than they did this week. Um, they've got the main event of Pac versus Kenny Omega in a 30-minute Iron Man match, which is really Kenny Omega's big opportunity to go out there and deliver a killer match. Um, for me, Kenny Omega needs to go heel. I've already spoke about this. Um, I think he needs to go heel on Hangman Page and the Young Bucks at um, at Revolution. Um, so yeah, what I think they should do is maybe have um, I don't know have Hangman Page win the match against the Young Bucks with a pin. A bit of fantasy booking for you to end the show. Yeah, they're celebrating. Hangman Page is there necking beers. Kenny Omega's like, well, you just took the pin. All right, look at you. You're getting revered. Young Bucks shake the hands. Hangman Page walks into the ring with two beers, offers Kenny Omega a beer, yeah, Kenny Omega who's never drank in his life apparently, offers him a beer, the crowd are encouraging Hang um, Kenny Omega to have a beer with Hangman Page, Omega teases it, smashes the beer over Hangman Page's hand, turns heel and beats Hangman Page down, walks up the ramp, gets a picture, these pictures that Hangman Page been having, has a picture of water, and has sips his water at the top of the stage. Some of you thinking, thank God you're not booking AEW. But I like the idea. So it's my podcast, so I'm sharing it. But yeah, probably won't happen, will it? Hangman Page might. I bet they better not turn Hangman Page heel. But anyway, that is your review of week 20. Um, great Dynamite show. Disappointing NXT show. Um, join us next week for week 21 of the Wednesday Night Wars. Um, as we head towards Revolution. We head towards WrestleMania season. Um... Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, search Neutral Wrestling. Follow us on Twitter at WWE versus AEW or at Neutral Res for my own personal Twitter account, which is um, just basically, yeah, Daniel at Neutral Wrestling. Or help us out. Do you know what I mean? Make up for the money that I lose when I'm not window cleaning to deliver you this podcast www.patreon.com forward slash neutral wrestling. Thanks to everyone who kindly gives us their money to keep the show going. So yeah, pays for some of our trips to WrestleMania so we can give you the best coverage going forward. So yeah, subscribe, share the podcast, enjoy the podcast, and I will see you next week.